Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Check, check, uh, check, check. What is up, my friends? How are you doing? My gosh. I think I need to change that where it says Eric Zane in Facebook jail. Eric Zane. Just Eric Zane. That's fine. No, no, I, I, I misspelled my own name for God's sake. Is that how it's going to be today? All right. It is the 12th of July, 2021. The show happens each and every weekday at about the same time. A little late today, sorry. From the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, the Eric Zane Show podcast begins now. Hey, everybody. This is Crank, also known as the White John Coffee. When I'm not busy servicing my four or cleaning up after my four tax deductions, I listen to the Eric Zane Show podcast, and so should you. Don't forget to support his sponsors because, hey, let's face it, the guy's not that talented and he needs all the help he can get. Okay. I think I just got, I think I just, uh, got a joke there on that intro. Crank, a.k.a. the White John Coffee, a.k.a. Jason. He says there, when I'm not busy servicing my Ford, it just dawned on me, your better half, your lovely wife, Andrea, her maiden name is Ford. So are you suggesting that what I think you're suggesting there, servicing your Ford? Am I the, la- am I the only one to get this uh, so late? Did you all already know that? I'm not sure. All right. Maybe. Perhaps there's, that's something that the Zaniacs will discuss. Uh, so good to be back on the almighty Facebook after the shit show that was getting put in Facebook jail for the Friday version of the Eric St. Show podcast. Um, more on that in a second. Kenny says, wow, how many months did it take for Eric to get that? Did, did everybody know that you gotta, you gotta raise your hand. If you, if you knew it or didn't know it, you need to indicate. Kenny indicates that he knew that I was not aware. I don't, I I'm not a pervert like you idiots. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, so good to be back. Patriot Nix is glad you finally caught on. I think I was the last person to know. Uh, all right, fine. So I don't pay attention to your to your jokes. I guess I don't. Uh, I didn't expect y'all to be that, Jason. I didn't expect you to be uh, that uh, that clever. Sorry, I don't know why I'm insulting you. Holy crap! But uh, yeah, after the Facebook incident, that um, disgusting soul, whatever her name is, 
who um, uh, traveled across the great state of Michigan, put a camera in front of her at every place that has giant food and then proceeded to consume it rapidly. After the incident at the hot dog place, she went to a couple other places. In fact, uh, I think she went to... um, Jason says, I don't even know what you're talking about, and I knew it. That's how easy it should have been. Shut shut up! Uh, that that lady going across the state eating giant food. Um, you know, it, it, it's a little maddening to me that I can sit here and talk for extended time every single day trying to get a few hundred of you to enjoy this, uh, this, this podcast in, in whatever form that you consume it on. And, uh, and I, I got to grind hard in order to be able to carve out a living doing it. And I'm very, very happy to do that. But how screwed up is it that all of that can be put forth and she, whatever her name is, that uh, anorexic-looking tattooed skank who goes from town to town eating horrible shit and stuffs it into her body and then pukes in the back alley, all she has to do is put a stupid phone in front of her face, eat like an asshole, and then hit post, and then she makes... Uh, tons of cash that is absolutely disgusting to me wow what a what a day and age that we live in oh my god so yeah after she did the hot dog thing she went to like a different town and did the same they ate the giant burrito and then she ate the giant this and then the giant that and i was like oh yeah she's great she's not she's not great she's horrible uh, uh, people who, and then Pellerito, he's like, Hey man, I got, I got a hot tip for you. And I go, yeah, yeah. What's that? Do you want to interview her? And I go, no. Well, yeah, I reached out and she reached back. So, uh, yeah, I've established contact. I can like book an interview for you. And I was like, I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate your go get them attitude and you, uh, um, uh, empowering yourself to do something like that. But uh, I don't know. Why don't you give me Paul McCartney? Or, uh, or, or or somebody like that instead, and, and then you can be proud of that instead of crazy bitch who eats tons of food and looks like a crack whore. What the fuck? Uh, so, no, no, I don't. Well, why don't you want... It would be, it'd be uh, hilariously awkward. I go, I, I am not interested in that. I, I, I don't want to... No, because that, first of all, she's gross. And, uh, and I don't want to be trapped into actually saying anything nice to her. After I just has been after I've been horrible to her for the past several days, I'd look like a complete phony asshole. So no, I'm not interested in talking to sick bitch who eats too much shit. Fuck it. No way. So that was that. I hope she leaves soon. I think she's gone now. But yeah, so she'll uh, she'll post that to her YouTube or whatever, and, uh, and 90 million people will watch it. She'll make thousands of dollars. Uh, so I'm totally jealous and disgust. Well, I'm I'm more just disgusted with the whole process that there are people in the world that actually find that to be entertaining. That like, man, hey, hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm gonna hang out with my kids. What about you? Oh, I'm gonna sit here and watch this sick, disgusting crack whore eat gross food for 30 minutes because you know it takes time to actually get whatever food she's eating down. I mean, she stuffed 50 hot dogs into her face here at the corner bar and uh, not far from where we are now. And uh, and then yeah, people will watch that. They'll be like, "Oh man, this is this is great." I am so. I mean, after after she eats one hot dog 
in a gross fashion. What more do you need to see? You know? Oh. I cannot believe that she caused me so much trouble. You know, coming in here doing that, I make the comment that she's a skank. I go, oh, skank eats, uh, he overeats and grosses everybody out in Rockford. I posted a picture of her uh, with the kid behind her with his, like, mouth open, his eyes as big as saucers. And then everybody's like, oh, how, why, why are you calling her a skank? Would you call a man who did that the same thing? Yes, I'd call him. He's an asshole. He's disgusting, too. It doesn't matter what I say, okay? And then I was like, you can't do that. We're going to report you to Facebook. <laughs> My God. All right. So good to be back on Facebook. Patriot Nick says, do the interview as dude shadowy. Alexis says, man versus food versus that crack whore who swallows. Watch it. Be careful on your comment. Eric is missing an opportunity here. He should add an Eric Eats segment to the show where he stuffs his face with these kind of food challenges. It's a horrible discussion. This is a bad idea. Where are the dogs? Seeing them is the only reason I show up. They're here. They're, there's two laying on the ground, but the one who lays on the couch Daisy Dew is not here. An update on that a little bit later on. Richard, devil's advocate here. But people sit on the computer and watch this guy rant about current issues and his personal adventures, and he makes a fucking living at it. Yeah, that's not devil's advocate. That's a fucking stupid point you just made uh, because I actually try to put some effort into this and uh, work to come up with a point of view on shit I talk about so that you can discuss it uh, amongst your circles. So that, that's, that's not devil's advocate. That's a fucked up uh, way of looking at it is what that is. And you're annoying the shit out of me already, you and your giant Scooby-Doo German Shepherd-sized dog. What the fuck? Oh. Let me tell you something about Richard Francisco. Um, I, I want to say nice things about you, but now I, I'm, I'm annoyed. Brilliant man who's, who uh, uh, can uh, just an incredible artist. Uh, so much creativity coming out of his uh, oozing from him. Um, but now I'm just annoyed that you would even go down that road. What are you doing? Rich, uh, Jason says, I understood what you meant. What I do is actual art. It's so much more art than stuffing uh, food in your face. What I do is actually something that is important in the world. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get behind that. <laughs> okay. Um, and Richard's awesome. And I just finished your video, by the way. I just finished editing it. It wasn't, it wasn't a ton of work. It's basically a 20-minute video. Uh, with an intro that I recorded here, and then I uh, put it up. And I, um, in, I, or I will put it up. I'm in the process of posting it right now. I will after, shortly after this podcast gets done. And I, I can't stress enough about how awesome it would be if somebody actually says, Richard, I got an idea for a work of art that I want you to create. I want to, I want to, okay, let's say if I wanted to recreate the first, this is what I thought, the first moment that I had, 
a realization when I was 18 years old that I would have a chance of being the boyfriend and or husband of the multi-talented, lovely Diana Ward at the time. She was 22 years old. It was at the residence hall for the college that we lived at. She was working at the desk, and I was having a conversation with her, asking her how, I told you this story before, how, she, how her, how her uh, Christmas vacation was. And then when she revealed that she doesn't have a boyfriend anymore, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, think, I think I'm in love. I think I'm in love, and I can't get out. No, no, no. Think I'm in love. Uh, so all I would have to do is explain to him the scenario, maybe get a picture of the desk and the setting inside of the residence hall, and I would uh, navigate all these little details with him, and he would um, start to begin to formulate the process of how he can make this moment recreated in a painting. Okay. And then he might um, give me kind of like some mock-ups, some, some rough sketches of what it may have looked at. I'm like, no, 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 not that. You got to put this here. And I, and I was standing this way and you got to move my arm this way. Oh, okay. And then a couple of weeks later, whatever we, this takes time. This all takes time. Imagine how romantic you could make this drawing this perfect moment and capturing it in a painting. I love the idea of this. Okay. Uh, so all of that, and by the way, I think I'm going to steal my own idea and go through with this. Linda says Sweeney Hall, my old stomping grounds. So I could title it the first time I realized that first time I realized I had a chance or realizing I had a chance with, with, with this beauty, whatever. I don't know what, how to title it, but you get where I'm going with this. This is all kind of like bubbly. This is boy. I wonder if I should commission Richard to actually do this. It'd be awesome. Her reaction. Oh, um, here me rabbit says you also get the great honor of wiping Diana's brother's feces off of all your kitchen appliances the gift of life is truly full circle oh my god the nfk i uh i i noticed something about the and by the way uh b before i continue with this um for richard i'm gonna leave in the show notes uh how you can reach him okay and if this is something you're considering or at least want more information about you can reach out to him he's so awesome very very talented artist really really great Jason says you can title it Fate Smiles. Ha! That's pretty great, Jason. Dean, with, with this is actually pretty good. On the painting, he writes, don't forget to leave the giant mole that was on your nose. You asshole. That was right here. I had a mole cut off my nose in case you don't know. How, how do you remember that? Shut up. More on Dean and the uh, harassment I got at my house. You know what? I, I should have just changed the um, the party at my house from a Zaniac Listener Appreciation Party to um, uh, Zaniacs bust my balls and ridicule me uh, on my own property party because that's what it was. That's what it turned out to be.
Amanda says, Dean is such an asshole. Amanda was not about harassing me. She was an absolute saint uh, trying to get Dean to stop doing ridiculous. Dean was, uh, it went the extra mile to be an asshole. More on that. Amanda was trying to stop him from doing that. So no, Amanda, you were, you were actually one of the well-behaved ones. Uh, Kyler was a total dick. Uh, Dean was a, a maniac. Um, Dithika brought with her some mouthy asshole uh, friend from Tennessee, who I'm so glad she's back in Tennessee. I forget her name. What the hell was her name again? That lady who kept telling me how to build the fire. Shit. To build the fire. All right. So, um, all right. I was watching the NFK yesterday and Diana had talked about this. And we were, she was on the podcast with me and she said, Hey, I think that my brother may be on the, well, she said, I think he has autism. I'm like, what are you talking about? And now she's not an expert. All she does is works with kids who have autism in a school setting. So she has some background, but this is no physician or anything like that. So I don't know because uh, all we uh, we are, well, most people know this, but people on the uh, who have autism, oftentimes obsessive compulsive behavior and rituals goes with that. So um, she kind of just threw that out there, but I don't know if that's true. But one thing I is that I think is pretty clear is the rituals. I think you can have rituals and be obsessive compulsive and not be. And it doesn't mean if you if you're obsessive compulsive to some degree that you have autism. Uh, nor does it mean that if you have autism, you will exhibit obsessive compulsive behavior and and have to have rituals. I mean that that's a mystery. It's a, it's, a, it's a mixed bag of manifestations on uh, on anyone, is how I understand it. But all I know is this. After she told me that, that um, her brother, the NFK, who I've got some great things that happened um, this past weekend at the Zaniac Appreciation Party for him. Um, when she said that when he sits down, he has a number of things that happened that she wanted me to keep an eye out for. So he sits down in this one particular chair to put in a hard day's work of 14 hours of TV. And um, to his right is this like uh, little TV tray with his essentials. Water bottle, tin of grizzly long cut wintergreen, spittoon, another bottle of iced coffee, remote coaster for the bottle, which he doesn't put the bottle on, but the coaster is there. A little uh, a paper towel folded, folded in half. And then fold it again. Um, so I'm, I'm watching him yesterday. And he sits down in the chair. And he looks at the TV. And then he looks to his right. And then he adjusts the water bottle a quarter inch. He just he turns it slightly. And then he um, t- 
turns the remote control, and then he moves uh, the tin of Grizzly, and then he moves the iced coffee, and then um, he wipes the bottle, uh, the bottom of the bottle off and puts it back down, and then he turns it three-quarters of... I mean, this is all happening. And I'm like, sit fucking still. What are you doing? Stop. You're driving me crazy. I said, I wanted to go over there and smack the shit out of him. But I didn't. I just, you know, laid low and watched and observed. And I'm like, holy shit, she's right. He does do that. <gasps> My God. So he has built that ritual because, again, he's been here less than a year. And uh, and that is that is that is the ritual. And I'm like, My God, she's right. He does do that. And uh, I don't even know if he knows he does it. And part it's entertaining, actually. A part of me wants to go, hey, so what are you doing? I want to I want to know. What t- and I, I'll bet you he's not even aware that that's even happening. I'm like, holy shit. All of that was just baffling. Um, all right. About the party. By the way, Jason Eller, uh, one of the great concrete wizards in West Michigan, writes, yes, a great driving and crying reference to build the fire. I don't know the fucking words. Tell you what it's all about. To build the fire. To build a fire. Two hits. So fly me, Ooh, courageous. Early, I saw driving and crying open up for Leonard Skinner at Pine Knob. Uh, that was when Skinner discovered that Johnny Van Zant sounds just like Ronnie Van Zant. Skinner's like, oh fuck, man, we got Gary Rosington and we got a uh, uh, Artemis Pyle and. Billy Powell and uh, who else is in that band? Steve, no, Steve Gaines is dead. Uh, let's go out on the road. We don't have a singer. What are we going to do? Ronnie's dead. Holy shit. Johnny sounds just like him. They throw Johnny on stage for the rest of the band's career. No one has any idea that Ronnie even died now. I mean, holy shit. Did you know that Artemis Pyle, the drummer from Leonard Skinnerd, was in the plane that crashed? Some of you may not even know that uh, uh, Steve Gaines, uh, wait a minute, who, who died? Ronnie died. I think Cassie Gaines died in the plane crash, crashed somewhere in uh, somewhere down south, Mississippi, Louisiana, I'm not sure. They, um, I was reading, uh, there was a, uh, behind the music or something like that. And Leonard Skinnerd is in the plane flying the whole band. Like, ah, man, can't wait to get to the next great town. And, uh, and they had just come out with an album called street survivors, which the album was the band sitting there like waving at the camera and they superimposed onto the cover was flames all around the band. And they ended up yanking the cover after the plane crash. So, um, the it's a twin engine turboprop plane and one of the engines malfunctions okay the, the pilot's like no big deal no big deal i got it i got it the, the plane hey, shut up shut up i got this and he goes to transfer the fuel from the plane engine that malfunctioned 
to the other motor and he fucking hit the wrong button and dumped all of the fuel into the sky. And so the van's like, all of a sudden they hear, the motor stops. And um, I was reading some account of the, when that happened. And they said that all of a sudden everything got quiet. I mean, imagine this roaring turboprop motor all of a sudden sputters to an end, stops, stalls. They have no fuel. So this is like gliding through the air. It's a pretty good glide ratio on those things. Like, oh, fuck. So this this pilot goes, look out, coming in hot. And hits the tops of trees. Boom. Plane breaks in a million pieces. Ronnie's dead. Cassie's dead. Who all died in the plane crash? Did Steve and Cassie both die? Who died in the Leonard Skinner plane crash? Ronnie. Okay. And Steve Gaines and Cassie Gaines both died. Son of a... Steve Gaines, great guitarist. Holy shit. Cannot believe that. And also the road manager, Dean Kilpatrick. And the pilot and the co-pilot. Well, the pilot, I mean, shit. The band's probably like, I hope when we go down, I hope you die. You asshole. So of all the people to die, the lead singer croaks. Artemis, the drummer, uh, is badly hurt. Like, legit, he's got a ripped torso. And, like, his ribs are hanging out like an anatomy fucking... You know, like, when you're in, in school and you got, you're got you looking at the uh, model of half the body and half the body is intact, and the other half you can see, like, the ribs and the muscles so you can identify. That's that's Artemis Pyle is running through the woods looking like that. He's like, holy shit, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Old fucking man's dead. I can't, it's terrible. This asshole dumped the fuel. And he goes running onto some dude's property to get help. So this guy's a hero. Uh, and then he goes, he almost gets killed, though, because some guy comes running out of his, uh, uh, like, double wide with a double-barreled shotgun, and he's going to shoot Artemis because he thinks it's the fucking drug addict running onto his property. He's like, hey, motherfucker, don't move. And Artemis like, oh, shit, no, no, man, I'm Artemis Pyle. I just was in a plane crash. Ronnie and Steve and Cassie are dead. Motherfucker, come help us. So they go, holy shit. So that was it. And then, uh, you know, pick up the pieces. They're like, oh, shit, everything's terrible now, man. Life sucks. Ronnie's dead. That's a one fucker who can't die, you know? And then uh, Johnny Van Zant is in a band called Van Zant with the fucker from 38 Special. Another Van Zant. Everybody in the whole fucking Van Zant family is like a... Uh, great at music and they're like hey man can you come up and sing sweet home alabama with us one time they're like all right great so they bring his ass up there he's like holy shit if you close your eyes it's just like ronnie it's like he didn't even die uh so then they like okay let's do this and the rest is history next thing you know to build the fire pine knob driving and crying is uh opening up Patriot Nick says, love that y'all included me in the Zoom. Really wish I could have made it. Uh, boring Dean decided to do a Zoom 
to show off the event that happened at the Zaniac Appreciation Party um, with, I know, uh, the Duchess of New Jersey, Kate, was there, and Patriot Nick was there. Patriot Nick, by the way, shaved his beard, which is legendary. Oh, my God. Um, Tyler says, I would argue his preheating and transferring transferring of his microwavable meals is another obsessive-compulsive type of behavior. Yes, yes, that's all, all true. Artem's pile still tours. I'm in touch with his bass player. Buy, buying a set of pickups from him. Wow! Dirk, you are in touch with Artemis's bass player? By the way, a fine drummer who I think he was accused of something terrible. Artemis Pyle. Okay. Uh, hold on a second. How do you spell his name? A-R-T-I-M-U-S Pyle. Pedophilia. You're like, wait, what? Who knew that the drummer for Leonard Skinner was a pedophile? Someone wrote. Okay. Uh, in 1993, Artemis was arrested and charged in Jacksonville Beach, Florida with sexual battery against two girls ages four and eight. Fuck. Facing a potential life sentence, Artemis arranged a plea bargain with prosecutors to spare the children a trial. He received eight years of probation and was entered into the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Sexual Offender Database. On November 18th, on November 19th, 2007, Pyle was arrested in St. John's County, Florida for failure to register as a sex offender. He was rearrested on November 27th, 2007 on the same charge. This is all like in a, on a message board. This person wrote, it was his ex-wife making the accusation if it makes any difference to you. This person wrote, it was his ex-wife making the accusation if it makes any difference. Are you trying to confuse us with facts? So who knows if, it, if, it's, uh, if it's true. I mean, he's accused of that. Well, that's one thing we got to ask Artemis if we ever get him on the show. Dirk, what do you know about that? Maybe you can talk to his bass player. Can you put in a message with Artemis's bass player and say, hey, uh, so what's the deal with your boss? Uh, you know, because he's got to be like in charge. If you're Artemis Pyle and you're in Leonard Skinnerd, hello to my cousin John. If you're in, uh, if you're in Leonard Skinnerd as the drummer and you survive a plane crash and you go running through the woods and some hillbilly tries to shoot you, uh, uh, you know, you're, you got, you gotta be in charge of the band, right? What is it called? Like is a band called Artemis piles, Leonard Skinner experience or something like that. Some stupid, uh, some stupid tribute band. Jason says long tangent here. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes sometimes. Good thing they didn't crash in Grayling and approach Todd's property for help. Oh, you're absolutely true. Private property, Artemis. Boom! All right. Here be Rabbit says, John Denver died in that plane crash as well. That's not true. That's stupid. 
he was in an experimental aircraft that crashed. And, uh, and true story, he lost, his head fell off, and it was found on a beach, if I remember it. Can you imagine being walking on the beach? You see John Denver's head lying there. You're looking for seashells and shit, and all of a sudden there's John Denver's head. What the fuck? All right. That's how it's going to be today. All this nonsense, ADHD-infused, my God. Let's get into the party. Uh, so much ball-busting. Um, it, it got down to just uh, so many uh, uh, unbelievable insults and cracks that everybody had fun with. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, it, this was payback for a number of zaniacs. Uh, we have the party, and they, they come in, and they... Uh, um, First of all, offering so many gifts to the NFK who said to me ahead of time, he goes, hey, man, what? And I go, uh, and he goes, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'll come out a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to shit fuck be out there for that long. You know, I don't know if I'll be out there the whole time. He was out there the whole time. He always does that. He gets worried that um, he's going to be uncomfortable, but, you know, not at all. He fit right in. He loves you all. And so he had given to him six, count them, six 30-packs of beer, of either hams or bush. Uh, I think we, the community, you guys bought out all the hams that was for sale because I got numerous people saying, hey, they're all out of hams here. And I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, well, he likes bush, too. So, you know, that's kind of like high-end beer, bush for him. So people walk up, hey, nice to meet you. Here you go. This is for your birthday. And he's like, oh, shit, fuck. Oh, my God. That's very kind. So he's super happy about that. So he has 180 beers, six 30-packs, not to mention numerous tins of Grizzly Long Cut Wintergreen. And, oh, my God. And I'll say this about this party. Um, Everybody brought food or something. Some people brought paper plates, uh, napkins, all of that makes a party because, you know, um, it's just, that's how it is. Everybody, everybody brought something. It was just fantastic. I can't say enough about the participation. Lisa brought this amazing tent for us to set up food underneath. We brought out the karaoke machine and, oh man, it was absolutely spectacular. My karaoke was so good that the audience couldn't even pay attention. They had to turn their backs on me and make weird faces and stick their fingers in ear in their ears to indicate that um, how great it was. And I, I've never heard of that. I didn't realize that that was a compliment. I thought that that was like it meant that it sounded like shit, but not for this group because that's not possible. Uh, I sang Mustang Sally. Um, I sang Joy to the World. Joy to the World. Girls now, joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, but was a good friend of mine. And off we went, man. Just amazing, so great. Some of you saw that. I know uh, Patriot Nick saw that, and uh, and and Kate saw me just crushing the karaoke, and then. Uh, what do you call it? Melinda, who arrived on the scene with her lesbian lover, Lynn, who, uh, first of all, she had a, a bone to pick 
a bone to pick with me, which is about the only time she's had her hands on a bone. Um, and this is only figuratively because she's uh, allergic to penis. Lynn walks up and she goes, hi. And she's got this superior Southern accent, so much so that she actually was a little bit sheepish about speaking, she indicated, because she sounds like such a hillbilly. And I'm like, well, what's it, what, so what? I mean, what's the big deal? Uh, I mean, I speak both your languages, lesbian and hillbilly. So just, you know, let it fly. So she got like kind of half drunk, I think. And then she started to talk, thank God. Because to me, there's nothing worse than the disease that is shyness. Oh, God. If you're shy, I fucking hate you. There is no excuse for anybody in the world to be shy. And thank God she came out of her fucking shell. Because I would have lost my patience if she's sitting there like, I'm scared to talk. Is there anything worse than an adult who's scared to talk? And she didn't. She came out of her shell, and it's about fucking time because I'd have smacked the shit out of her if she'd have been like, uh, 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 I can't talk. I'm an adult. Ooh, I'm scared. What the fuck? What are you doing here then? I don't even, I have a problem with kids who are scared to talk. So I have to get down on their level, you know? I have to talk to them like the way you talk to a kid. Like Lisa, for example, her, her grandson, Grayson, who does not have a problem. And he's not shy, but I mean, I think he felt comfortable because I'm like, I go up to him and I'm like talking to him on shit that he's interested in, you know, video games and stuff like that. And, you know, being a kid. So he starts busting my balls. He's annoyed with me. Everybody's annoyed with me. And that's how I know I got him because if they can open up to me with busting balls, then I know that they're comfortable. Okay. That's all part of the plan. If I can make anybody feel comfortable enough to bust my balls, then I then they're my friend for life. So Melinda brings lesbian Lynn with her. Lesbian Melinda brings lesbian Lynn, who's all I'm shy because I talk like a hillbilly. I'm like, shut up! What are you doing? And then she comes up to me and she goes, "Hey, are you when are you gonna hook up with karaoke machine?" I go, "Well, now you want to sing? Well, yay!" And that that what that's what did it. She got drunk, and then she started to sing. And she can sing. And I go and I said to her, I go, Lynn, you don't sound like a stupid hillbilly when you when you sing. That's beautiful. Okay, from now on, you have to sing anything you want to me. If you want to, you know, find out where the bathroom is, you have to sing it out. You have to sing it to me, so I don't have to hear you talk and your hillbilly talk. Totally kidding. I love the way she sounds. And then she's there with hillbilly and crime, Jessica. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, we got some fireball. She sounds like a hillbilly too. So Jessica is wandering around and she was the first person to get shit face drunk. She's walking around with a bottle of wine with like, like hardly any in it because she's just, she's just drinking it right out of the bottle. So I'm like, "Uh Oh, I got my eye on her. And so she's kind of stumbling around. She goes, I need, I need some food. I think I need some food because I'm kind of tipsy. I'm like, okay, sure. So we had to get the food going because she was shit-faced drunk. And, uh, my God, I saw so much titty. You wouldn't believe the Zaniac women have huge titties. I mean, unbelievable. We I saw such a vast array of tittage um, during this party because they just they get drunk. And then they're like, let's get in their bathing suits so we can show everybody your tits. 
and that that's that's a thing. So okay, great. Um, so tons of titty. Everybody's comfortable enough to to bust my balls, and uh, and off we went. Mike Ball was there. Um, the comment, boy, you couldn't even cut the lawn. That started the 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 sequence of busting. My, I'm like, yeah, who cares? Shut up. The campfire. And I, I, I'm kicking myself because I can't remember her name because I wanted to strangle her. Uh, Melinda and uh, Jessica and Lynn brought this, this brainiac big mouth who really smart. I mean, I could tell she was smart. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? She shows up to this party. And, okay, this is what happened. Dean, boring Dean brings his son, Neil who is not yet polluted with the idiocy that is Dean. He's actually a normal human being right now, and hopefully the, uh, the uh, idiocy of Dean doesn't you know, uh, seep into his essence of, how, of his personality. He's, uh, what do you call it? Neil is so bored at this party that he sits down with his iPad. This is a teenager. Puts on his headphones and apparently watches an educational video about World War II or some shit. Now, he's really smart. You got to understand this. So, you know, when you're brilliant, that's what you do. You watch shit like that before your idiot dad's uh, uh, personality becomes part of yours. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but so Neil is sitting next to this, this big mouth uh, brainiac that Jessica and uh, uh, Melinda brought. And um, I think Big Mouth Brainiac convinced Dean or Neil to watch this video. They're watching like a fucking educational film strip at my party. I'm like, what are you nerds doing? And I, I, I guess she convinced him to watch it, so he did. And then they had like a discussion about it, like an intelligent conversation about it. And I'm looking at Big Mouth Brainiac and looking at Neil, and I'm like, oh, you nerds, what are you doing here? What's going on in my backyard? And so I said to her, I go, so what's going on? And she says, oh, yeah, this is an educational video about this and that. The other thing, I'm like, what? What? Oh. What happened there? Can anybody explain that? Connie was her name. Okay, Big Mouth Brainiac is Connie. Um, ooh, that was that was disturbing to me. I did ah. Uh. Uh, Dirk writes a teenager at a pool at a party surrounded by boobs, and he goes to his electronic device. Well, I think he needed some uh, stimulation. I think he needed to, that when you're when you're um when you're working on a level that is um. Uh, Above everybody's intelligence, because I, I really believe that this kid, I think all the youth that were there with between uh, the the eight year old, which was um, uh, uh, Lisa's grandson, uh, Dean's kid, Neil, and then the ball kids and then uh, the the Schaefer kids. I think you had an expanse of intellect much superior to all of the drunk fucks that were there. Okay, it was it was reversed. Okay, Corbat was there, looking like a total hillbilly. Gets in the pool wearing a shirt. Okay, you know you've got tits 
when you get in the pool with the shirt on. What the fuck are you doing? Schaefer's got tits and his shirt was off. Who gives a fuck? Everybody there had tits. The only one who didn't have tits was the guy who looked like he's going to a Halloween party like an Irish hunger striker. That would be Joe Morton. Corbett says, I, th- I thought the whole point of a party was to not have any intel- anything intelligent going on. Yeah, he's in the pool wearing a tank. Huh. And a baseball. He had a baseball hat on in the fucking pool. Kenny says, I'm curious if any of the neighbors said anything to Eric yesterday after the uh, Saturday fiasco. No, they were uh, my, my neighbors. Uh, they're absolute sweethearts. And I, uh, you know, we kind of got it all out of our system. And then in the evening when it was starting to quell, when we were by the fire, the only noise that was made was by Brainiac Connie uh, screaming at me about the fucking fire. Ugh. I'm trying to build to build the fire. Can you believe to say that led me down the Artemis down the Artemis pile tangent? All I had to do was reference driving and crying. And then I referenced Leonard Skinner, Smokestack Lightning with Johnny Van Zant, their first tour. And then I talked about Artemis Pyle's plane crash and the whole band fucking dying and Artemis is a pedof- is a complete pedophile. Why can't I talk? Patriot Nick says they probably saw the Tennessee place and understood what was going on. Absolutely. No, they, they were good. So it's time to build the fire. I have ultra dry seasoned wood that's going to go up like a match as soon as I get the fire going. So, you know, um, the mistake I made was I didn't start with the hay grass. All I'm going to do is I'm going to take some paper, ball it up, put it in the middle of the fire pit, and then put some dry kindling on top, light it, and then slowly build the fire. Now, I know what I'm doing, okay? You get that going, you put some oxygen on it. Before you know it, this thing is raging. I start building the fire, and one second into it, everybody is insulting me and making fun of me. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, Big mouth, brainiac, loudmouth, idiot Connie is is just destroying me. Try. I think she was shit-faced and wanted some cock or something. I think she's one of those big mouth, intimidating bitches who the only way she's got that when she's when she likes you, when she wants dick, she tries to intimidate you. And I am pretty convinced she wanted me to take her into the house and stoop her over the laundry tub and get some married dick. But I wasn't gonna give it to her because that's not really my thing. So, okay, there's that. She's sitting there making fun of me and picking on me for the uh, for what I was doing to the fire. And I was like, shut up. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. And then now, and then more people are piling on and giving me shit about the fucking fire. And then, um, so now, um, while I'm sitting there putting up with her fucking mouth, I know full, I know full well that how this goes. To their face... You don't want to sit there and, and let them have it too bad. You, you want to let them feel like they're beating the shit out of you and they got, they got a leg up on you. That's how you make them a fan for life. So this is all happening. I'm letting her get in her swings, her chops, and all that shit. 
And that's happening. And then out of the blue, Sarah Rook Ruck Rooch, who so made her presence known with her enormous mouth. If you thought Connie had a big mouth, Sarah's was the biggest. She cannot shut up, okay? She turns around while I'm trying to build the fire, and she grabs some of that combustible hay grass. This is the same shit from actually the same bushes or plants that I almost caught the backyard on fire years ago. And I still got the old stuff. I never cut it down at the end of last year. It's still there. She grabs a few handfuls of it and throws it on the fire. And then it goes right up. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that was it. We didn't really need much more than that to uh, to actually get the thing going. I'm like, okay, great. Of course, a dumbass hillbilly big mouth. My place was full of big mouth women between... Uh, 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 Connie, big mouth brainiac Connie, and uh, and Sarah Rook Ruck Roosh. It was an absolute. Uh, uh, that's all I needed in terms of uh, ladies with big mouths. It was so bad that Shelly seemed quiet. Okay, Shelly is watching the show right now, and Shelly was actually like subdued compared, and she normally is like the one that like consumes the room because she's got this great big laugh. You didn't even know she was there because of these two dual exhaust assholes that were pervading inside of my backyard. It was fucking unbelievable. Oh, shit. So, all right. Uh, Stevie was there. No suspect behavior from her. She was just enamored with O'Neill. I want to see O'Neill all the time. She says, I left before, before the fire got started, so I missed that. Okay. How about Dylan Gearlings, who was there? This guy, holy shit. He just shows up. Hey, how you doing? Nice guy. Kind of like a, a, a man of mystery. Young guy. I think he's about 30. And this is the guy you worry about. As quiet as a church mouse, he just kind of brought his uh, folding chair, opened it up, and sat there for hours observing. And I'm like, well, this guy has to be writing a book about this adventure. This is going to be like a, a John Grisham novel. That's the only thing that I can I can uh, uh, chalk up as to expl- trying to explain this. I'm like, what what's going on? Now, it turns out Dylan... Works for the guys who pick up my trash. So he used to actually pick up my yard waste, I think. He also is his brother, is is uh, is Lee, who is not ultra quiet. Lee is like laid back. Or Lee, Lee is like, we're really out. just big, giant personality. And his bro Dylan is just sitting there like, yo, man, I bet you this guy gets so much poon thrown at, thrown at him because he's so unbelievably handsome. And he just sits there. He's the type of guy, you ever hear somebody that they describe, he doesn't speak till he's got something to say, then you damn well better be listening when he does it. So I'm just sitting there talking with uh, with Dylan. He seemed like a sweet dude. Oh, my God. Um, Jason says he's a United States Marine Corps veteran. He's used to being on watch. You know that. He probably was. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Thank God we didn't shoot off fireworks, man. He would have fucking gone kablooey and jumped in the pool nude. Oh, it was awesome. So you got a real mixed bag of personalities here, and I'm just scratching the surface on this vibe. So this is something that is definitely going to happen again. Um, 
and and there's a real learning curve for me too, believe it or not, because you know while there, it's like I am now. I'm I'm almost like doing a podcast, but not going out into the podcasting world. It's just like you know you're you're having that that level of interaction. Um, because you know some of the folks. I'm extremely, I've known for years, like my buddy Jimmy was there. I've known Mike Ball and his wife and his kids for years. Um, and then anybody else who there, I've, and then there's different levels of, of uh, Zaniac relationship because like the Schaefer's I've known them for years and, and, and a lot. And there's other examples like boring Dean. I mean, these are, and then there's, there's new people that I, I've never spent a moment with like Dylan. So I'm like, and then, you know, the, the people coming in from, uh, from out of town, uh, Brainiac Connie, and I got Neil watching fucking educational videos. So this whole, so out of everybody's comfort zone, if that, if, if, so I'm like wrapping my mind around getting comfortable with being out of the comfort zone. That's fucking awesome. That is human interaction at its finest. Throw everybody into one setting and let the magic ensue and it went off without a hitch oh my god was it spectacular oh can you imagine an entire weekend together up at fear bunker north oh my god oh shit stevie writes rico and jeremy oh my god team rainbow flag oh absolutely awesome those guys i tell you what uh i just love their spirit you know when you're that just goes to show you the level of love with the zaniac audience because you've got you got team lesbian team gay guy team biden team maga team teenager team uh whatever and we're like ah fuck it let's just get in here and have a party Yes! Spectacular. The the dogs escaped. Kyler and his fat tits and I are running around the neighborhood trying to get the dogs. Oh my god, Bruce is looking at Kyler like, yeah, fuck you. Like you're gonna catch me. Kyler actually can move pretty well. I was I think you know, I mean that's probably not gonna last because you know, as soon as he gets old, he's probably gonna be in a wheelchair if he doesn't lose some weight. But uh yeah, the the the, the fucking Kuipers brothers were there. Matt's lovely better half. Catherine, who puts up with so much shit. Oh, how do you do it? And their beautiful uh, little girl. Ab- we had kids there. Abigail was there, a little kid. She just wants to get in the pool. Got her water wings. Got her puddle jumper on. Holy shit. Tyler and his wife, his lovely wife. She is, dude, Tyler, you so outkicked the coverage. Keep doing what you're doing, okay? What a babe. Michaela, right? Am I getting that right? Yes, it is Michaela. Dean decided to try to, well, this is what got Amanda upset, okay? Amanda is telling Dean to stop because Amanda knows how much that talking about the murder of the hamster, um, Richie, ruins my brain. Dean, okay, I'm in the house, and he goes, hey, I got this paper plate, and I need magic markers. I go, what do you need magic markers for? And he says, I need to make a target. I go, okay. 
Now, I, have, I didn't think for a second he was up to anything. And, uh, but he was. So um, then this asshole, hours later, is like, hey, everybody, uh, come on out to the backyard. Uh, I, I got to show you something. And he's like got his stupid camera out and his phone and he's, he's, he's up to something. And so I have to be the butt of this joke. So I have to go along with him. Like, what, what is it? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I've got this great game I want to play. And I see the target on the tree and he's, he's managed to take two of the wooden shish kebab skewers and somehow um, put them into the tree to hold up the target. He's like, the, the 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 pointy part of the skewer was uh had enough like uh it was you'd be able to bury it into the bark enough to make it stick so it's a target on the tree i'm like what are you doing and uh he the idiot decided that he was going to take uh he has two stuffed hamsters okay and uh you you put one in a bag and reenacting when i had to euthanize the hamster and you, he made me wind it up and then throw it at the target like the same way I did however many years ago when I had to euthanize the hamster. And then Amanda's way offended. She's like, oh, you sick fuck. How could you fucking do this to him, you asshole? And I'm like, oh, shit. So I did the stupid game. Everybody got a laugh. It was horrible. And then I, I walked away. I was like, I've had it. And then uh, the next day, Sure enough, it was it was still there. Like, ah, oh, I see it again. I, I haven't yet had the nightmare, um, so maybe I'm past it. I don't know. It was stupid. It was dumb and pointless. Ugh. The food. The food was a hit. Um, we had everybody brought something. Everybody brought great food. It was great. Thank you so much. The Slaughter the Turks uh, meatball spaghetti sauce spaghetti um, was an absolute hit. And there was probably 20 meatballs about the size of a golf ball, maybe a little bigger. And not everybody got them because they were just destroyed. And um, that did not let anybody down. But, you know, the sauce is, in, in my opinion, the best part because of the flavor of the sauce. So um, that I actually made that the night before and let it uh, slow cook. Um, a lot of that moisture. So the sauce thickened up perfectly. Man. Oh, absolutely awesome. And then the shish kebab. I put in uh, plenty of time getting that ready. I had to zest, when I say zest, uh, for, the, for the chicken, the citrus chicken. In order to make it have that citrus-type taste to it, a hint of citrus flavor. Now, I'm, I'm putting three pounds of chicken cut up into one-inch squares. It's a lot of food. Um, in fact, I had so much left over. Everybody got a bag of uncooked food to go home and cook as, st- as stir fry. Well, not everybody. Several of you. Uh, people who stayed late. Um, the uh, chicken, because of the amount, I had to zest, which is just outside of a uh, orange, a lemon, and lime, the outside of them, and, and scrape off the zest off the outside of the fruit with uh, three oranges, three limes, and uh, six lemons. Holy shit. That's a lot of zest. And it, it was a pile of it. It was an absolute pile of zest. In the bowl, you add the lemon juice, you add the, uh, 
virgin extra virgin olive oil you add uh what else do you add to that several different ingredients in each of these homemade marinades. If you are not doing the homemade marinade, you're doing it wrong. I've posted the uh, recipe before, and I'll do it again on the show notes of this podcast. You must do it right with the right marinades. A marinade for the shrimp, a marinade for the uh, um, uh, chicken, and a marinade for the beef, which actually involves you using fresh spices like rosemary and thyme and tarragon, uh, you can substitute fresh basil for the tarragon, okay? And you must cut them up because it releases the essential things inside of these fresh spices that then soak in the uh, um, uh, balsamic vinegar and the oil and the and or soy sauce, whatever it may be, to become part of that marinade. And then it just soaks into the fucking meat. Oh, my God. And then it's time to cook. People load it up on the skewers. I Okay, here's how fucked up it got with Big Mouth Brainiac Connie. Um, she's this type of woman, and I feel bad for her fifth husband. Um, I know that when you do multiple skewers on shish kebab, you can get them mixed up. So if somebody gives you like a chicken uh, skewer, and then you if it isn't color-coded... You give them the wrong skewer, they're going to get the wrong food. And you also could maybe even give somebody like shrimp who doesn't like shrimp and they, and they don't know it. And they all of a sudden their food is touched shrimp. The shrimp allergy has a problem. You know, there you go. So the point of what I did was I took each wooden skewer and colored it a different color. What color was the skewer? Red. Here you go. That's yours. That's it. Okay. So. She's such a fucking asshole control freak. I didn't have the heart or the nerve to say it to her face because she's bigger than me and she could probably kick my ass. And I have a problem when I'm telling somebody they're a loudmouth asshole that they take it poorly. And I can't figure out why. I don't know why. But get a, get a, le- a level of the amount of control this insecure fuck has on your old pal, Eric. I'm sitting there watching Dean, not Dean, Neil watches World War II video next to Big Mouth Connie. And I've got my wooden skewers and I'm coloring the last half inch of them like red with a Sharpie, put it down, blue, yellow, green. And she actually says, why don't you just dip them in fucking watercolors? Yeah, why don't you suck my dick? What the fuck is wrong with you? What do you care? What the fuck is wrong with you? Because I don't have any fucking... Because I've got these. What does it fucking matter? Who the fuck do you think you are to sit there busting my balls at everything? Oh, you're making the fire wrong. I'm smart. You need more oxygen. Oh, you're blocking it all. You're doing this wrong. Shut up! Go back to fucking Nashville. Oh, son of a bitch. I can't figure out who annoyed me more. She was right up there. Right up there. Big mouth brainiac Connie. Ugh. Kyler was off the hook. Fucking attacking me about my cooking. You're doing it wrong. You're not using charcoal. You're an asshole. My tits are big. Would not stop busting my balls. Amanda says, yup, Connie is now a zaniac. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ugh. 
I hope she got home and her husband whipped out his dick and smacked her right in the face with it. There you go. This is for Eric Zane. Whammo right in the face. Big dick right across the face. Shit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Amanda says Kyler would not shut the fuck up. You're not kidding. When when Kyler left, it got it's like he's gone. The place is quiet. Can you believe it? Oh. Holy shit. Uh, the the mouths on these people. Kyler, Connie, Sarah. Ah. Oh. Dean trying to be an asshole now writes, I want everyone that doesn't do what I wait. I hate everyone that doesn't do what I want or think that is such bullshit. I'm, I'm there minding my own business, coloring skewers. And she just fucking blurts it all out. Fuck you, Dean. What the fuck? And then Dean, I'm sitting there trying to put the uh, regulator onto the uh, propane. Okay. Now, I know how to do that, but Dean is, he's cut from this cloth too. And, uh, uh, so, you know, I mean, truth be told, I, yeah, I did turn on the, I, I put the thing on and then, uh, that was even caught on video at one point. And then, uh, I, I did turn on the grill and yeah, yeah, true. The fire did not go on at that point. However, I would have figured it out, but I said, you know, he's chomping at the bit, uh, I'm sorry. Dean writes, replying, uh, that was a reference to Commanda, dummy. Sorry, didn't mean to indict you. But then Dean, thank God he was there because I'm like, hey, Dean, I can tell you want to fix this. What's going on here? And he goes, all right, this is what you do. And he like fills me in. He's like, yeah, dummy, you got to turn this on and do this. And then sure enough, it did work. So Dean, I can't say exactly was in the same boat as these people because then if it wasn't for Dean, let me tell you this. All of that food that I cooked on the grill, it would have tasted like shit because that grill had never been um, that never been used before. And all of that packing oil, I guess it's called, had to burn off. And I didn't know that. So that would have, all the food would have tasted like chemicals. Nick says you vapor locked the regulator. Don't talk about knowing what you're doing. All right. I take that back. Well, if I would have just shut it off and done it right, it would have worked. I would have figured it out, okay? So excuse me. Amanda says, so Dean's good for something? Shocker. I think Amanda might secretly want to have sex with Dean. And who wouldn't? I mean, let's face it. The guy is just, he's, a, he's, a, he's absolutely ripped. Kate says it's fun to hear Eric eat humble pie. Well, th- that is not going to happen that much. Okay, let me focus here on more of these attacks. Um, So much to get off my chest. Oh, Um, all right. I talked about, okay, let me get back to the food. The food was a hit. And uh, with everybody bringing something different, you had this, this hodgepodge of different desserts. Hell, some of the stuff we didn't even eat. There's a full cake. I think Tim Kuyper's. 
brought a cake we did not even get into. Uh, we spent time with Zeke. And uh, Tim, his story is just remarkable, and I, I, think it, I think it's worth sharing. I think it is worth sharing because he wrote me an email that was just wonderful. And I, so I want to read this to you. Tim Kuyper. He brought his beloved son, Zeke. Now, Zeke is 100% dependent on Tim and, um, and Tim's lovely wife. And uh, there's, there's a lot to this because uh, uh, Zeke is in a wheelchair and you, you, it's difficult to get any type of reaction from him. And um, so I was, I was asking questions uh, to Tim and just engaging him in a conversation by the grill. And, um, and so I go, you know, I, I, I want to know a little bit more about him. And he's, he's, uh, I, he he struck me as the type of guy that, uh, wants to talk about, it's almost like therapeutic for him to talk about Zeke. Um, and he's, he's really, really, um, the whole process of taking someone in because that's not his biological son. He adopted Zeke. Zeke was attacked when he was an infant, okay, and badly, badly hurt. And that's how this came to be. But I was asking a lot of questions. And so that prompted Tim to go home and write me this email, which, um, you know, I think it really, really kind of um, centers you and gives you an idea of how the Kuiper family ticks. Now, there's actually was two Kuipers there. You got... Uh, not related, but Tim and Zeke was, you know, I just, just to separate are, are the father son team that are there. And then you got Matt and Kevin Kuipers. I think there's an S on the end of their name. Um, and then Matt's wife and their child, Abigail, not related, but Tim later on at night writes me this email. Listen to this. This is absolutely spectacular. Um, the story isn't spectacular. It's very sad. But him sharing it is to me because I got a real understanding as to what's going on here. So I want to share it with you. <clears throat> I know I'm going all over the all over the board here, but that's kind of how it is on some of these shows. Eric, just thought I'd share some of Zeke's history it's because I was talking to him about it. Feel free to share it on the podcast if you'd like. Zeke was born to parents because a, a number of you met Zeke and talked to him and you held his hand and, and you know, you're, you're wondering what's going on there. Zeke was born to parents who had a very bad drug history. Mom was addicted to meth and other drugs. Dad in jail for dealing the drug when he was born. Um, mom had her rights terminated when Zeke was just three days old and was placed with a relative of mom. Over the next four months, as Zeke grew, the foster mom or dad beat him multiple times. That's where the issue came from. Zeke was not born into that. He was not born with birth defects that caused um, the brain damage. He was hurt. That happened. Um, we know this from his medical records. From when he was rushed to Bronson Hospital, July 2nd, 2012, barely clinging to life. 
EMS performed life-saving efforts on him at least three documented times before he made it to the emergency room. Over the next month, no one was allowed to see Zeke other than select medical staff and social workers. This is very difficult, I understand, but he, I, I think it's important. Um, he's part of the group, and uh, I'm proud of him. His eyes were swollen shut from the trauma of either being shaken or beaten in the head. X-rays showed that he had 16 new breaks in 12 different bones in his tiny, this is an infant, in his tiny little body. This does not include the already calcified fractures that were old and in the process of healing. His retinas were partially torn from the back of his eyes, leaving him legally blind. The damage to the brain from it being slammed back and forth permanently destroyed over 75% of his brain mass, which took away his abilities to walk or talk, paralyzed his esophagus, which affects his ability to swallow, so even eating is impossible for him. <coughs> Excuse me. The damage to his brain causes him to have seizures every single day. Even with the even with the multiple seizures drugs he takes on a daily excuse me. Even with the multiple seizure drugs he takes on a daily basis. Unfortunately, even with these drugs, we still see a few bad breakout seizures, and the side effects of these drugs tend to make him feel very tired and sleepy most of the day. That's why when you see him, he's he looks to be he looks almost vegetative. If Zeke is calm and relaxed with little stimulation, he will likely sleep all day long. But overstimulus can cause him to have bad seizures. When we were asked to become Zeke's foster parents, this is where it gets godlike. This is where this is where the God influence affects Tim and his wife. When we were asked to become Zeke's foster parents, my wife gave me a call and asked me if we could care for his needs. My first response was no. Hell no. Wow. Everything she told me about Zeke scared the hell out of me. But there was a voice that my wife was hearing that told her, we can handle this. And she reassured me that she and our daughter had the training to take care of him. That same voice told me, Trust your wife and open my heart to care for Zeke. And I am thankful we did. Zeke has been through a lot and has come so much further than what his doctors ever thought he would. I know this. I know that is because of the amazing power of prayer and the strength of God. We fostered Zeke for the next year and a half, dealing with multiple hospital stays for RSV, pneumonia, surgeries, and seizures. While all this was happening, our caseworker and the court system was building a case against his foster mother. This story, by the way, is going to take you all sorts of places. Shock, bewilderment, sadness, anger, everything. Um, caseworker and the court system was building a case against the foster parent who did all the damage. She told her arresting officers as she tripped over her dog dropping Zeke on the couch. And that is what caused all of Zeke's injuries. Come on. Her lawyer called in a, quote, doctor, claiming Zeke's broken bones could be, could be from brittle bone disease and his pre-birth drug exposure. 
going to trial, the prosecutor was worried that a jury would believe that story and find her not guilty. So the prosecutor offered her a plea deal where she would only serve six months in jail, not prison, if she pled guilty to a lesser charge. So she went from facing 20 years in prison to only serving six months in jail. To this day, Tim writes, I believe that the prosecutor was only worried about padding his conviction rating for the next election. Both Chris and I, his better half, were pissed from the lack of justice. But but again, God has healed that hurt in our hearts over the years. In all honesty, no matter if she served one day or 100 years, uh, it's not ever going to change Zeke's life. I know as Christians we are supposed to forgive those who do us wrong, but I don't think I will ever be able to forgive this woman who did this to Zeke. And that's okay. That's okay. You just say to God, God, I'm not ready. You, You take care of that heavy lifting. We were blessed to be able to adopt Zeke officially just before he was two, and he's changed our lives for the better. When we adopted him, we were asked if we wanted to change his name. Our caseworker was worried that we might be scared of his family tracking him through his name, but even with the drug, but even with the drug history of his parents, we felt that even with the mistakes his parents made, they still had love for him. I know for sure his dad did, and it broke his heart to finally volunteer to terminate his own rights so we could adopt him. Because of this, we felt to change Zeke's name was wrong. So only chose to give him our last name. I hope and pray that someday his parents will take the steps to be on the road to recovery and can make a better life for themselves. Zeke's one tough little fighter and has taught us to be more caring and open to others. We would like to thank you, Diana, and all the Zaniac family for the love and support that always that is always that you always show Zeke and myself when we get together. Love you guys. Signed Tim. So that is the story. If you've ever wondered what what exactly happened, that's it. And I'm so glad that he shared that. Holy cow. How about that? Boy, you know, I tell you what, it's that that makes me I, I cannot well maybe I can. I probably can't go back and beat up any more Zaniacs after that. You've stolen the show and that's good. I'm glad you I'm glad you shared that. Um that is absolutely spectacular. Mm, man, what a thing. Adam writes, Tim and Chris, epic. Absolutely incredible. Melissa says she should never be allowed to have kids in her care ever again. The person who hurt Zeke. Uh, Kenny says that is so messed up. Tyler says, fuck the justice system. Yeah, that's how the Kuipers feel too. Tim and Chris Kuyper. Chris says, asshole of the century. Speaking of Chris, where were you? You were supposed to be at my house. What happened? There's a couple of you. Chris being, did did you tell me and I forgot that you weren't coming? What about Wahlberg was coming up from Kalkaska? Sarah says, I get freaking goosebumps every time I hear their story. Jason Schaefer says, put me in a locked room with them, please. Kate says, I'm literally crying. This is so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's that, that's a tough story, but, man, they're just awesome, you know, and um, they're great. I uh, I love to it, – it's a type of thing where you're like um, – you and I, 
wonder how do you do it you know oh my god you might even be like how but there's a there's a real connection there for anybody who has a child with a disability where to you and i the untrained eye we like oh boy you know how do you get any interaction there is it, it's i've known so i have several friends um who have a, a similar type of scenario where they have a uh, a child or a loved one who um you know, when you just at first glance, you're like, oh, well, how do they get an inter- interaction? Well, when you're that close that often, there's there's uh, Zeke shows uh, love and appreciation to to mom and dad. It's it's just super, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say minute, but it's it's a the, just the raising of an eyebrow, a half a smile, those little things go miles and they and they notice them so i i just i i you're doing an amazing job i'm so happy you are there to enrich the life of uh of zeke absolutely awesome and anybody who has a, a loved one with a disability and you're a caretaker for them is the absolute i mean it doesn't matter if it's a person who's like had a stroke and you have to take care of them you know i mean it's just it's just something great about it something absolutely spectacular i salute anybody who is in that uh spot you know, you're absolutely awesome. Your life is enriched. God bless you. Okay. Um, all right. So we had an amazing time. I loved it. Uh, I've talked for an hour and 24 minutes about this party. I must, I must salute some sponsors that have made my show possible. And I will get to that in a second. I've got new people on the show today. I'm really stoked about that. There's so much going on. Holy shit. First of all, buy a T-shirt. It it really helps. Thank you so much. You can get an Eric Zane Show podcast T-shirt. Uh, EricZaneShow.com. Click merch. The open and the live stream brought to you by. All right. This is the first time I have shouted out to this brand new sponsor. I posted about it yesterday on Facebook. The gentleman's name is Frank Fuss. Frank Jude Fuss. FJF talked about Frank last week when I saw he was enjoying the live stream. Uh, We are partners now. And for the next six months, you are going to hear me talking about Frank Jude fuss every day that I'm podcasting. He is going all in all in. What do I want you as an audience to do? To make the meter move for Frank Jude Fuss. Frank is an insurance broker. Okay. My policy shop. uh, I already screwed this up. Mypolicyshop.com is where I want you to go. The link is available on ericzaneshow.com. What is mypolicyshop.com? Well, Frank uh, well, he covers many things, but the three things that we're going to talk about most um, geared towards people who buy health insurance policies on the marketplace, people who are turning 65 or all, are already 65 and are utilizing Medicare, or maybe you have a loved one who is in that boat. If you're a younger person, you have a family member, brother, sister, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, uncle who will be engaging, wanting to uh, tap into the Medicare system. And or if you are also uh, through the marketplace wanting to get health or uh, dental insurance. 
I was turned on to what Frank Fuss does through Allen at Blue Frost IT. That's how the introduction happened. He goes, hey, you buy insurance through the marketplace, don't you? I go, yeah. He goes, how do you go about doing it? I go, well, uh, I pick a policy online, and then I hope it's right, and then that's it. Oh, well, there's an easier and a better way to do that. What do you mean? Well, Frank uh, is an is an insurance broker, and he is paid by the insurance companies to serve people like you. Oh, okay. Well, how much does it cost me? Nothing. What do you mean? Well, he knows everything there is to know about getting the right policy for you. He talks to you about your needs. He's going to talk to you, Eric. Uh, and then he figures out the insurance policy, you the most bang you can get for your buck. And then you don't pay him a dime. It's free. He's he's brokered by the insurance companies to do this. That's what he's supposed to do. There's no cost to you. I go, well, fuck, sign me up. Holy shit. Okay. So I get a, I get a hold of Frank, and uh, and he goes, okay. So tell me your, t- tell me what's going on in your life. So you know you know we have a, a several minute conversation. Okay, my wife, myself, uh, and Madison and and Jackie. Okay, this is what I want, and I've had this insurance in the past. He goes, well, I think I can get you a better policy. I've talked about this. I've talked about how before I remember two years ago when I started to get, buy insurance through the marketplace, I bought the the one policy, and then. Um, it was screwed up because the policy that I enrolled in, they didn't even my my doctor didn't even uh, uh, utilize that policy. Didn't they, we don't work with that insurance? I'm like, what? I got the green check mark. It says you did. No, we don't. Okay, Frank, make sure that that never happens. So, and I had what was known as a bronze policy. It was shitty. I had fourteen thousand five hundred dollars in um, for the entire family in. Um, out-of-pocket deductibles. and Let's say Diana got cancer, okay? The deductible was huge, So, but it was cheap. So I took that. If Frank had been on board, he would have said, no, 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 I can get you this policy. I, w- I would have had a much better policy had I had someone who has knowledge of the system, and I would have been able to save myself a ton of out-of-pocket uh, money because I wouldn't have had to pay that gigantic deductible um, for out-of-pocket expenses. Now I'm in a much better policy, um, and he has helped me navigate that, and his expertise ha- was no cost to me. So I guess the point of all this is, and I know I'm talking longer about Frank, but he's brand new, so I, I need to give him the explain to you very specifically what this is all about. If you are like me, self-employed, and you are buying your insurance through the marketplace. Uh, By the way, there's a special enrollment period going on through August, I believe. Uh, So right now. And then, of course, the open enrollment that happens in the fall. You need to be in touch with Frank. Okay? It's very important. You can uh, reach out to him through his website, mypolicyshop.com, or call him. 616-914-4070. 616-914-4070. So if you buy insurance on the marketplace, do not do it on your own. Even if you're like, oh, my policy's perfect. I don't want to do anything different. Would you please, please let him do it. Let him examine what you have. You might even be able to get something better. Okay? 
And there's the idea of the dental insurance. Trust me, there's something he can do for you, and it's no cost. This is a free service for you. You don't pay him. The insurance companies pay him. That, to me, was the game changer. I'm like, what? This guy's going to do all that for me, and I don't have to do anything but talk to him on the phone and go, all right, sounds good. Smell you later. Hang up. And then if anything gets in the weeds, you know what I do? I call him. I go, hey, fucker, fix this. See ya. Boom. That's it. This guy works tirelessly. I've gotten calls from him at like 8 o'clock. Okay, get online. I need you to look at this for your policy. Click, click, click. Uh, what? Okay, great. Sounds good. He does everything. He's your agent. But it doesn't cost you anything. My God, how can this be? Never. There, this actually is something. You know how they say you can't get something for nothing? This is true. You're not paying for it. It's a free fucking thing. Do it with Frank Jude Fuss. If you buy insurance in the marketplace... Don't do another thing with that. Call or text him. Say, hey, welcome. How does it? Hey, how does it feel to be on the the uh, Zaniac team? You're going to be at the next Zaniac party so we can dunk your head in the water. Okay. All right. Frank Jude Fuss is the man. You're going to love this guy. You know, that, you know what his thing is? He always wears an orange shirt. He's got this gimmick. Hey, I'm the orange shirt guy. Everything's orange. Whatever. Okay. He makes a meter move with orange shirt guy. So he's watching right now. If you are enjoying this podcast on the live stream and you buy your uh, insurance through the marketplace, like I do, you need to talk to him today. Don't waste a second. And here's the thing. I've got him for six months. I need two of you bastards a month to commit that he is your guy for the rest of your life. When I say, and the reason why I say that is because when you, when you realize what he's doing for you, you're never going to do it the other way, like your own way ever again. Trust me. Holy shit. So pick his brain, call him today, reach out to him through his website. Doesn't matter. Just mention me and it's going to be great. We're going to do awesome together i'm so excited about you engaging him if you get insurance from uh your employer he can still help you there are various nuanced things that you don't know because you know how often when it comes to uh enrollment with your employer they say hey you gotta sit through this meeting because uh corporate wants us to do this and it's time to re-renew you gotta do things differently for your policy he can do he can help you with that too he can do all that stuff. So um, literally everyone who's listening to this show, unless you're like some loser who doesn't have a job or any insurance, sorry, uh, I'm joking, um, then, okay, you, you have to get a hold of Frank. Frank, hey, Jude. Frank Jude Fuss is the man. Now, listen, you need to know this too. And he made it very clear to me. Um, where is he? I sent him a question. What states are you licensed to do business in? He wrote back, Michigan, Florida, Ohio, Indiana, South Carolina, Alabama. But my group is licensed in all states. I will refer the other states out or or I will become licensed if needed. So this dude is just a, he's an ass kicker and a grinder. I mean, Frank gets shit done. 
He says, you will need to verify through your email. The code word is orange. What the hell does that mean? You will need to verify through your email. The code word is orange. It seems like the moon is blue and the fox is running. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right. I've talked a lot about Frank Jude Fuss. I love that guy. Uh, so, again, uh, buy insurance in the marketplace. Check. Uh, you're, you're employ- you have insurance through your employer. Call on him for specifics about how he can help you navigate that. Some of you don't know what the hell to pick. Turning 65, Medicare. Oh, my God. Maybe not you. Maybe your mom or dad. Frank. He's got it covered. Dental insurance. Okay? He has it all. What else does he do? There's something else he does that's amazing, too. Uh, where is he? My policy. Show. You know what? Let me just share a screen here. He's really proud of that. Frank, I feel like I know you enough to bust your balls. But you see this image here of you? You see how handsome you are? You see this crease here in your jacket? You need to go to your wife and say to her, honey, pull down my jacket before you take the photo. Because that crease there, that this coat's too big on you. You need to take, first of all, you need an orange jacket because if orange is your thing, and I, I, I know orange is your thing, you're like hyper-focused on orange, orange, orange. I need more orange in here, okay? So what's going on? Have, can you have, reach out to Jericho. Remember I talked to you about Jericho doing a logo for you? Jericho can do a website for you that's all orange, and you got to get a new, new glamour shot here because if you're going to be that handsome of a man, a, you need to have an orange jacket, and B, it needs a fit. So get on it. Um, and then if you notice, he says here, independent insurance agency specializing in health. I talked about that. Life, I didn't talk about that. So he can uh, cover you in that. Medicare, we talked about that. Retirement solutions, so saving your money for when you're an old bastard. This guy does it all. And if you make the meter the uh, meter move for Frank, we are going to have a long relationship. If not, in six months, he's out, and he's going to fire me. And I sure don't want that. So that's how it works. All right. Where are we in the live chat here? You're going to roast him on a jacket with your haircut? I have a nice haircut. Shut up. Adam writes, Kyler, please come to paintball in August. Chris says you should probably mention his website. I did mention his website, mypolicyshop.com. Don't tell me how to do my job. Schaefer writes, Frank hooked us up with some pretty good coverage. Apparently, Sam the Jew had a baby. Congratulations. All right. Where am I here? I'm completely lost. Uh, Back Alley Comedy Club is back. And I think there's going to be a name change on Back Alley Comedy Club, but uh, I'm not getting into that right now. The first show for Don Veltman is Thursday, July 15th. The very funny Jordan Garnett comes to town. That is uh, Back Alley Comedy Club, part of Spectrum Lanes. This is the Spectrum Lanes show for Back Alley Comedy Club. Now, truth be told... Uh, Jordan Garnett is going to be is the first show. And then there's a long list of shows after that for other comedians. But I want to focus on this. 
So this coming Thursday, Jordan Garnett, Spectrum Lanes in Wyoming, Michigan, and I have five, count them, five four-packs of tickets to give away right now. And it's going to be the first five people that email in that they want the tickets. And this is all you need to do. Eric at EricZaintShow.com. Subject line, uh, comedy, Jordan Garnett, Don Veltman, Big Dick Donnie, uh, 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 Funny Business Sucks, whatever you want. And I will set you up with five tickets. I'm sorry, four tickets, five four-packs to give away for the Jordan Garnett Show at Spectrum Lanes, part of Back Alley Comedy Club, coming up this week. If you get this podcast later in the day, uh, reach out anyway. They they might not be gone. I mean, this this is this is Jordan Garnett. This isn't freaking Bill Burr. But still, it could be it could be a fun night out. Uh, don't be shy about it. Reach out if you want those tickets. Don is giving them away for that show. If you want to buy tickets for Jordan Gar- for Jordan Garnett or any of the other shows, I will provide a link in the uh, show notes of this podcast because you've got uh, Friday. Adam Burke and Aram Putnam are going to be in Rockford Lanes at Rockford Lanes, which they will join me Thursday of this week, those two comedians, at the same time on this show. Uh, Jordan Garnett is back for a Saturday show at Rockford Lanes. Then Tuesday, August 24th, John Heffron and John Reap. Um, Those two, Heffron and Reap, are going to be at um, Howard City Lanes Tuesday the 24th, Howard City Lanes Wednesday the 25th, and Howard City Lanes Thursday the 26th. Then Heffron and Reap have one more date Friday. In fact, all of these, I'm screwing this up. They have five dates. Is that right? At Howard City Lanes? My God. All of this will be linked up. The Fall, Mitch Fatel, Ryan O'Flanagan, Billy Wayne Davis, Logan Gunselman, Tommy Davidson, Jonathan Martin, and Shane Smith. All back alley comedy club. Well done, Donnie. As my dad would say, you're resilient. Okay. Eric at EricZaneShow.com if you want tickets. Today's a big day. Uh, The reason why Daisy, the English Bulldog, is not here. Daisy, at age seven, is being operated on today. Uh, She was dropped off earlier today. And uh, uh, sometime at about the start of the show, uh, we dropped her off. And, um, okay, so she's having, like, uh, bladder stones removed. Her bladder has, is, uh, we've tried to get rid of them through uh, the usual uh, ways that they do it without surgery. They did the MRI on her, and they go, all right, they're still there. we got to go in there and get those things. And then we got to uh, make it sure that she doesn't get them again. Uh, a lot of the times it's diet, so the dog has a particular type of food that she eats which she has been on. Sometimes that particular type of food dissolves the stones. That's what you want to avoid the invasive surgery. Did not work. So now my my oldest dog, well, I shouldn't say oldest dog. Uh, Benny's old as hell. But um, Daisy, a bull, bulldog's only lived like 10, 11 years old if you're lucky. She's seven. Okay. And uh, she also has this growth on her leg. And it's like, what the hell? So we're going to get rid of that too. So this is the, the surgery I was telling you about, you know, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, anytime you put a bulldog under sedation, that's a little tricky. Uh, and, and I, you know, here's the thing. A uh, good friend of the show, Go Josh Go, Josh Pettinger. Uh, it was about half a year ago. And he, he goes, yeah, my dog, we got to take the dog in to get operated. Oh, man, well, good luck. I say, hey, man, how's the dog doing? He goes, ah, she died. I'm like, what? 
Yeah, the, the dog did not come out of sedation. The dog died. I'm like, what the fuck? That, that, that's, like, real? And he goes, oh, yeah, man, that, that, that happens to dogs. I go, well, how did they fucking go about telling you that? How does that happen? Well, we get a phone call. Uh, yeah, uh, little Sparky, uh, uh, you get a phone call. Hey, hey uh, and you're expecting here, yeah, you can come get Sparky. Sparky's all ready to get back. Yeah, we got some bad news for you. What's that? Sparky didn't come out of sedation. Sparky's dead. Uh, what? Huh? I, okay, so, you know, I'm really, really worried about this. In the back of my head, I'm like, holy shit. Please don't let that happen. Oh, my God. Oh. So I'm just, just, I'm very, very worried about this. And uh, um, so she, last two years, she has gone, she has uh, been sedated. And uh, last year at this time, it was a sedation for that rebuild of her back leg. But she just came right out of the sedation awesomely. Year before, same thing. So, um, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's been, it's another year of aging. So uh, it, that's got me a little bit on edge. You, you, you'd never know it uh, after, during the first part of this podcast, but I'm very, very worried. So there's that. Okay. On to the next thing to talk about. In this corner, Dustin Poirier. In this corner, Conor McGregor. Now, this is a trilogy fight as I understand it. I didn't watch a second of it. I'm not, I don't, like I said, I can't get up the strength to watch MMA, but I, I am, I am interested in the fights and I like, you know, if there's like a, a highlight or something like that, I'll watch it. And I do follow enough to know who these people are. I know that uh, Poirier won the last one. And so I also know that McGregor is older and uh, he's lost five fights going into this. And he hasn't won a meaningful fight in years. Um, and I know that he's a, probably the biggest mouth in all of uh, MMA, UFC. And he, his level of um, trolling, his trolling game is off the hook. He he's very, gets very personal on it. And that's good for business. There's so much showbiz in UFC. It's the best of both worlds. Actual combat, not scripted. Um, and all of the braggadocious moments and the trolling as pro wrestling. Except the lines are a little bit more blurred. I don't know how real it is in terms of the trolling because Poirier may have said to McGregor, go ahead and say terrible things about my wife. Go ahead and say you're going to kill me in the ring. Um, because that is good for business. It's really good for business. You get more, the more Conor McGregor insults Dustin Poirier's wife and says oh, terrible things and says that, Hey, your wife contact, uh, contact. He posted one thing. Hey, I, he's had a screenshot of Poirier's wife at one point contacted Conor for who knows what we don't know. Um, it would have been great. Hell, if you're Dustin Poirier, you sh- what you should do is you should to get, earn more money. You should have your wife DM Connor and say, "I want to suck your dick," and then Connor like posts it that, and then you know Dustin's mad, and then you know that you got another storyline there. It should all be blurred lines of trolling and uh, oh my god, and then you should actually 
because sometimes there's scuffles and shit like that during weigh-in and pre-fight hype. I mean, you should actually really full-on punch somebody right in the face. Uh, Oftentimes, it's just kind of like wrestling with each other and shit like that. So the stage was set pretty good. I I, I never fall for it. I've never bought a pay-per-view in my life. There's nothing any of these can do to make me ever want to buy them. Uh, If I happen to go to someone's house and it's on, sure, I'd watch it. But, man, um, this was a really, really horrible moment. McGregor uh, TKO because of injury. And, wow, um, the uh, still shots of his leg breaking is some of the most is one of the most gruesome things I have ever seen in my life in terms of the fight. You know, you you sit through four or five minutes and then all of a sudden McGregor's leg breaks in half his leg. If you don't know, his leg broke in half. And so if you can picture, if you're not enjoying the live stream, the spot of your leg. So you got your ankle bone and imagine like two to three inches above the, the ankle joint where your foot is moving. Okay. The break happened right here. So the head of the tibia, which is the big one that you bang your shin, uh, your, you bang on the steps when you trip going up the steps. That's the big one. That's the weight bearing bone that broke in half along with the fibula, which is the non weight bearing bone in the back. Both of those, uh, Uh, plateaus of the bone broke off. They're busted in half. A clean break. Snapped like a pencil. Holy shit. So the leg is now broken after he he puts weight on it. It breaks and then it um, the part that's broken folds and then the jagged edge of tibia and fibula are now touching the ground. So the leg has a new joint. It's bent right at the skin. That's what's bent. So the foot is now laying flat on the ground, and the weight of his body is now supported by shards of tibia and fibula and meat. What the fuck? And there's a screenshot that shows he's now shorter. Oh, fuck. We've seen this before in MMA when people break their fucking legs. Well, of course that happens. Because when you're striking on the calf, like McGregor was doing a lot of fucking crazy kicks in that thing. He's really quick when he does those spin kicks, those crazy spin kicks. And then his his fast foot when he does a shin kick on the guy. Now, he got uh, calf kicked to death in their last fight. Poirier kicked the shit out of his calf and that i mean it hurt him so that's that's definitely a a, a a tactic and so these guys do all sorts of leg strikes in their training to calcify their bones and make them stronger and stronger and stronger but one reason or another sometimes you're going to kick and you're going to break your leg and you don't know it until you step so when he he does he does a calf kick or whatever the fuck and then he puts his weight back down and then snappy snappy crunchy crunchy foldy foldy oh fuck shit oh my god terrible you see there's a still shot of the leg folded he's now shorter you see his face like ah, ah. he's got this face poor is like oh fuck you wham i'm gonna punch your ass he goes down that's it tko that's the fight oh my god 
McGregor is he's such an idiot. I give him credit for trying. But he's like, well, we, we got to go out now and to settle it outside now. We're going to go set. I can't do a Conor McGregor impersonation. We're going to go fight outside now. We're going to take the fight outside and we shall fight now. It's like, dude, you're like the fucking, uh, what's that uh, character on Monty Python? Just, just a flesh wound, the fucking knight. Remember the knight? And then uh, the one dude's like chopping his arm off and then he's just a head at the end. He's that guy. You can't fight. What are you doing? McGregor. Uh, after he got operated on and he said this. What's up, Fight Fans? The Notorious here. Just out of the surgery room. Everything went to plan. Um, everything went perfect. I'm feeling tremendous. Perfect. We got six weeks on a crutch now, and then we begin to build back. Um, you know, I want to thank all the fans all around the world for your messages. Of- it's over, dude. It is over. This fight I was reading is like the make or break for him because, like I said, he hadn't won a meaningful fight in years. And now you got a broken leg. You don't get better when you get older. And, you know, uh, that taking significant time off, recovering from a terrible injury. I mean, seriously, dude, I don't know how these people are motivated. I mean, seriously, you won so much money on, on, the, uh, on the Mayweather fight, and you probably got millions for this one. How do these people stay motivated? This is, these people are aliens to me. To, to, to stay motivated in any way, go get fat. Support. I hope you all enjoyed the show. I want to thank all the fans in attendance. I think a lot of people did enjoy the show because there was some great undercards supposedly in this fight. You might be like, oh my God, first round, it's over. Holy shit, you spent all that money. But I guess there was some excellent fighting prior to this. It's at the T-Mobile Arena, 21,800 fans in attendance. The place was absolutely electric. Um, it would have been, it was a hell of a first round. It would have been nice to get into that second round. And then, you know, to see what's what. But it is what it is. That's the nature of the business. A clean break of the tibia. And it was not to be. You know, Dustin, you can celebrate that illegitimate win all you want. But you've done nothing in there. That second round would have shown up. Wait, hold on. Let me. Did he say illegitimate win? Oh, and, you know, onwards and upwards we go, team. We dust ourselves off. We build ourselves back. And we come back better than ever. Let's go, team. All right. Let's go, team. His story is quite remarkable, though. I mean, he was nothing. He was like a, a poverty-stricken, like, uh, a low-level worker. I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but uh, a pretty, uh, pretty amazing story. And his mouth. I mean, he is, uh, he is an absolute amazing barker when it comes to uh, uh, fight hype, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't know how he stays motivated. It's, it's, it's got to be ego, you know, to actually do something like that. That is a dangerous, dangerous sport. I was talking with Matt Kuypers, uh, one of the amazing people that was uh, at the party, and we were talking about that. He goes, I, I can't watch it. I cannot watch it. It's too much. I love the spectacle of it, but you're right. I, everything but the fighting is all I care about. I, I'm actually, I'm, I enjoy everything but the fighting. It's too much. You know, they, and then by like the fourth fight of the night, the canvas in the ring is just, it's pink because there's so much bleeding going on on it. Oh, fuck, man. I just don't have that bloodthirsty mentality. All right. 
Patreon available for you. Eric Zane Show Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Five additional podcasts each week after we get done with this one. It's a good companion podcast that goes along with it. And it is uh, powered by you, the audience. You uh, uh, Thank you so much for your contributions of five or ten bucks a month to make that a thing. And, uh, yeah, if you are a fan of the live free podcast, you would love the Patreon bonus podcast. And not only that, but we also have Smarter Than a Former Drug Dealer Trivia on there. Uh, the Insane Asylum music-driven radio show on Northern Michigan's Q100. The Lost Zane Recordings, which I released a new episode today from my time doing radio on 107.3 WBBL. And then, of course, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. We do that every single week. Five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. I should say five bucks a month is the audio podcast, ten bucks a month the audio and the video and the live streams. All there, patreon.com slash Eric Zane. TC Paintball. Ooh, I'm excited. August 8th, we've got a big paintball event. We're going to have a ton of people uh, playing paintball, and I want to play you, and I want someone new. And guess what? I was talking with my pal Adam up in Houghton Lake who – uh, every week I've got uh, Adam's oddities and he hooks me up with some great music on the insane asylum side note. He um, had me play uh, a version of I am the walrus by of all people, Jim Carrey. Yes. The Jim Carrey recorded a version of I am the walrus, the Beatles tune off magical mystery tour that he made with, uh, uh, legendary producer George Martin, the late George Martin, Sir George Martin. And it's awesome. Holy crap. Thank you for that amazing suggestion. Adam, out of the blue, says, hey, I would like to sponsor a free play at TC Paintball. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, a, a person who has never played paintball, I would like to provide them with a one day scholarship to tc paintball to join the tc paintball event paintball war number 15 the unnamed war on sunday august 8th so this is how i'm going to do this the first email i see from a person who has not played paintball before and can be at our paintball event august 8th at tc paintball in grand rapids michigan 5 p.m to 8 p.m with the free pizza party gets free play for you and a guest so you and a guest will get the gun the mask the paint and the field time for free you must send me an email right now if you think it's too late send it because everybody else might be thinking the same thing and then no one sends it and then it's um, you know left with my dick in my hand so i want to see a million emails and say is it me for paintball who got it and then I will take the first one I see. If you have not played paintball before, this is for a new paintball person only. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. And thank you, TC Paintball. If you want to join me August 8th for Paintball War number 15, the unnamed war. I need an RSVP. Eric at EricZaneShow.com. August 8th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. BC Pizza before we get started for free. And then 35 bucks gets you gun, paint, mask, and the field time. Cornhole America. We had Cornhole America cornhole boards at my house. They were Rick's. I borrowed them. But, oh, my God, they're fantastic. I got to get myself a set of those. Absolutely awesome. You can put whatever you want into a set of cornhole boards. 
This is the last set of cornhole boards you will ever own. They are absolutely awesome. You need to reach out to Cornhole America. Cornholeamerica.com is where you go and start that process. If you do buy a set, let me know, okay? Because there's no place on their website that says, who'd you hear about us from? And I need to know that you bought a set of cornhole boards so I can say, hey, Jason, Jason Duflo, so-and-so bought this set of boards. Cornholeamerica.com sending sets of boards anywhere in the USA. Cornholeamerica.com. You can put whatever logo you want onto a set of cornhole boards. I need water. Hang on. Okay. All right. I'm more interested in the stories of these sports than I am the actual sports. Everybody's been talking about soccer. Apparently, there's something called, uh, what is it, guys? Euro Cup. Is that what that is? Yeah. The UEFA Euro 2020. So they're playing it late because of the pandemic. Uh, It was England against Italy. The final yesterday. I'm not going to be the guy who says soccer sucks. That's not me. It doesn't suck. This game gave everybody everything they could handle. It was tied at one to one, and it went to penalties. Nothing better than seeing a crowd of people, okay? Like, uh, you know, like in one portion of the screen, you might see a bunch of uh, people in Italy, you know, they, and then the other side of the screen, you got people in. Uh, supporting the English team, and then the actual game. Uh, it's basically like a crapshoot. The penalties, you know, you got the guy who's kicking the ball, and then the goalie, if he dives the right way, you can block the damn thing. I mean, how many times do we see the goalie commit one way, and then the ball goes the other? It happens all the damn time. But that that then that wonderful feeling you get if your team's goalie chooses right and Blocks it. Oh, my God. And that's how this one went down. A dude from England kicked it. And the guy dived the right way. Yes, he blocks it. Holy shit. Italy beats England. Breaks their heart. People are pissed off. People are happy. It was crazy. I love that. I didn't watch one second of it, but I know that people in general have just been freaking out about this thing. They've just been talking about it and uh, and supporting and, and uh, doing their thing. Yeah, okay, awesome. Not awesome is England has some black dudes on the team. And, uh, well, not everybody uh, is successful with their penalty, with their penalty uh, penalty kick. I mean, that's, that's how it goes. Well, it just turns out that three of the black guys were not successful. Um, all I have to do is search England soccer racist. Because the three black guys were not successful, they are Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka, and Jadon Sancho. Uh, uh, these asshole English hooligans 
are saying disgusting shit to the black guys. Way to go, you stupid asshole. England's Football Association released a statement in the early hours of Monday morning condemning the online racist abuse of the players. Uh, So uh, that's it. I mean, God knows why. I think it was some tweets or posts directed at them. Uh, We cannot be clear that anyone behind such disgusting behavior is not welcome in following the team. We will do all we can to support the players affected while urging the toughest punishments possible for anyone responsible. Yeah, nothing's going to happen to him. What the fuck? Just going to put him in Facebook jail, maybe a Twitter jail. Who knows? How the fuck? How screwed up are people that they can be? So, well, hell, if you, uh, I mean, I can understand it was soccer. People, it's such an unbelievable game. People get so worked up about it. Like, people die. Like, uh, I think like in some of these South American countries for teams like Colombia, wasn't there a moment for, uh, was it Colombia or Argentina? Uh, I think it was Colombia who I think something happened in one of the world cup games. And then they ended up killing them. Colombian soccer player killed. Andreas Escobar. Uh, let's see. Search to death. Uh-huh. Yep, that's what happened. Andreas Escobar. He had an own goal. The 1994 FIFA World Cup. He's stretching to block across from American midfielder John Harks. He inadvertently deflected the ball into his own net. The U.S. took a one nothing lead and ended up winning 2-1. to one. At that point, he's probably like, oh, I'm dead. And sure enough, some asshole murdered him. After the 1994 World Cup, Escobar decided to return to Colombia instead of visiting relatives in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, On the evening of the 1st of July, 1994, five days after Colombia was eliminated, Escobar called his friends. They went to a bar in some neighborhood in Medellin. We're talking Pablo Escobar country right here. They went to a liquor store. Shortly afterwards, they arrived at El Indio nightclub. His friends split up. Three in the morning, Escobar was alone in the parking lot of El Indio. Boy, is this guy an idiot? I mean, here you are. You, you, uh, this happens. You, you play for, like, the murder country of, of, the, of the world, and you're going to go out and be seen in public? You should have gone. You should have entered, like, the witness protection program. How did you not see this coming, you asshole? Three men appeared. They began arguing with him. Two of the men took out handguns. Escobar was shot six times with a thirty-eight. It was reported that the killer was shouting, Goal! I'm not even making that up. Goal! After every shot. And once for each time, the South American football commentator said it during the broadcast. The group then drove away in a Toyota pickup truck, leaving Escobar to bleed to death. He died 45 minutes later. My God. How horrible. That gives you an idea of how fucked up soccer fan is. You assholes. The fuck is wrong with you? Not all of you, obviously. But that's horrible. Kyler never uh, 
trying to miss the opportunity to say the joke that is just not possible. Says, is he okay? You fucking stupid, fat-tittied asshole. You can't say the joke when someone's already said he was killed. I told you at the start of the story, asshole, that he was murdered. Thus, you cannot say, is he okay? My God. Only if in a story someone says, yes, so-and-so was shot 50 times in the face when you know they're dead. It can't be when I say, so-and-so was killed. You can't then ask, is he okay? That's not the joke. My God, how often do we have to go through this? Idiot. On the Patreon, we need to talk about space tourism. I couldn't be less impressed with this. What a fucking stupid thing this was. You'll hear a rant about that. In beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, something really ridiculous happened. And all you need to do is look up Cherry Festival Ride and you will see it. At the Cherry Festival in Traverse City, Michigan. Okay, this is a uh, kind of like a fancy carnival. If you've ever been to this thing, uh, it's just an opportunity for uh, tourists to hang out, uh, eat shitty food, uh, pay too much for th- uh, things at a, at a, in a tourist trap, and uh, probably see a band like Loverboy, or Billy Squire, or, uh, you know, maybe Joan Jett or something like that with, with some local cover band opening up, opening up for them. It's, it's, you know, it's that type of setup. Uh, but after this ad plays, you will see what happened here. Uh, this is that ride that uh, you get like 15 people on it, and then the counterweight, it kind of swings up and down and, oh, goes around almost like the hands on a clock. You know, look at this. Look at this thing. It's about to collapse. Okay? What the hell just happened? I was watching it, and then it stopped. Okay. Look at this thing. This thing is spinning around, and then it starts to tip. All right? The thing is actually starting to tip. This is a horrible video of this. I don't know why I'm showing you this. Okay. Now watch all these dudes. See how these guys get on there? They're keeping it from tipping over, all right? Uh, they, they all, like, uh, put down their funnel cakes and their stupid shitty draft beer and their overpriced cherry pie. Look at this guy. He's the ringleader of the bunch. This, this minger is the guy who's in charge of the stupid carnival, Arnold Amusements. So this guy, he's known for having unsafe rides and hiring uh, meth heads to make sure that the ride is running right. Of course it almost tipped over. Have you ever seen these fucking animals that run these damn rides? They're absolute losers. So the thing is like rocking back and forth. The ride almost tips over. They're playing Scorpions Rock You Like a Hurricane or maybe uh, 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 Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue. Smells like fried food and meth. Everybody's wearing a wife beater. 
This is like the big attraction. All the locals are coming from like, you know, the, uh, hanging out at the sandbar at Torch Lake to spend the night eating the shitty food and going on a stupid fucking crap, crack the whip ride and listen to dumbass air bands on the stupid ride. Oh, it's about, and then they all like show up and they're holding the thing from tipping over. I don't know if they did anything. I think, I think they were safe. I, I, I got an idea that they the thing wasn't actually going to tip over. So I don't think they actually did anything. I think the ride was just coming to a stop, but they made it seem like the, that all these hillbillies saved the day, but they really didn't do shit. They probably all arrived there on their side-by-side ATVs, you know? Ugh. So much. Can you imagine the amount of B.O. as the people who were on the ride are then getting off and you got this brigade of B.O. idiots, you know, like, oh, God. And then they probably fell, passed out and fell off the ride and got hurt. Page Nick says, don't start a ride with carnies, Eric. They have. I can't read your word. Did you type a word that's not English? They have. What, what, what did you what did you write? They have something strength. What? <laughs> uh, all right. You get the same thing in any any set. You ever like drive by the place uh, in your neighborhood where it's like a it's like a grocery store parking lot and and uh, and, and and some uh, carny gypsy troop has shown up and. The semis are like transformers, and the next thing you... Oh, okay. Hold on. I get it. Rhymes with Mimard. Don't start a fight with carnies, Eric. They have... Our word rhymes with Mimard strength. You fucking idiot. Come on, man. Can we at least just say, to avoid the confusion, carnies have our word strength? Can we, can we at least... Okay. I'll go halfway with you because I like the word. I wish I could say that word. Some of you are saying, no, Zane, don't, don't, don't say that word. Don't even joke about that. But fuck that. I mean, if you said, if you actually said the R word, that's funny. That's a funny thing to do. And it's not, it's not offensive. It shouldn't be offensive. Okay. Strength is good to have strength is awesome. Can we, can we somehow swing the pendulum back so that I can, and thank you for helping me understand the word that you used. We shouldn't have to not say that word. You know, I, I really want to bring back our word. Who's with me? We need to make this a groundswell of support, a grassroots effort, effort to bring back the word, uh, our word. I, and, um, you know, Terry, Terry's trying to talk me into, he says it's a medical and mechanical term. So, you know, I, it bums me out that I have to say, don't mess with carnies. They have our word strength. Andrea says, I say that shit. Yeah, I can't. I struggle with C word rhymes with punt. I struggle with our word rhymes with Mimard, And I'm definitely not going to say the N word. I don't even like to say what the N word rhymes with. Okay. I'm not saying any of that shit. You guys are fucking idiots. You're just a bunch of assholes is what you are. You can't. Richard, fuck, what are you doing? Richard says he's in on our word. That's bullshit. You can't do that. You're you're an artist. Artists don't say our word, asshole. Idiot podcasters do. What are you doing? Keep it in context, non-derogatory. 
Yeah, I think so. Like, if you were to... Okay, let's say someone who... Uh, you know, even even describing it is going to be offensive. I better just shut up. This is going to be bad. This is going to break bad for me. Our word for Patreon only. No, I can't do it. I I, I want to do it. I think I'm just going to go with our word. I, I know I'm going back and forth on this. Okay, but anyway... So you're driving through your, uh, you you see like the Rite Aid parking lot. All of a sudden you got to crack the whip and the Himalaya and the swing thing that you got. Everybody's got to take their shoes off because your shoes go flying and it's going to hit somebody when they fly off. Your your, your Crocs go flying. Uh, okay, so that, that blows into town, you know, and, and every area, that is a magnet for the area's meth population. Uh, that's where you deal meth. That's where you take meth. That's where the food is soaked in meth. All the carnies, it's, they don't even have blood. It's just meth in their blood. Uh, you have anal sex with the carnies, and you get meth on your dick. That's what's happening there. Um, everybody knows that if there is a carnival with these types of rides, you can ha- get anal from the carnies. And uh, then you can toss the uh, salad of the carnies and get high on meth. Okay, you can ingest the meth through your tongue from the carney's a-hole. That's how it works. That's what happens when you have these amusement companies show up in your parking lot in your town. Get some meth. See some carnies. Somebody's going to get stabbed or shot. Uh, everybody's going to eat shitty food. Uh, it's the absolute worst. So, in my opinion, this is a win. You need to... You got to have... It would, it's, a, it's bad news that it didn't tip over. Had this been a good day, we would have seen the video of the fucking thing falling over and all these hillbillies with their meth addict mouth teeth go flying everywhere. The whole parking lot is, is littered with teeth and uh, NASCAR T-shirts and Crocs. And nobody's going to die because they're, they're, all have, they're all have superpowers from the meth. It, it, it would have been fine. They shouldn't even attempt. They should have left it on. They should not have cut the power. The fact that the fucking Carney sh- cut the power, he should be arrested and charged. He should have turned it, uh, added power to it so that the arm flew off and it landed like in the Himalaya. But no. Do we get that? No. We see these crackheads trying to stop the damn thing. And uh, that sucks because even though everybody was okay and the kids were not injured, um, it still made national news, okay? Uh, Billy Squire walked up with his guitar and said, okay, yeah, rock me tonight. Uh, yeah, remember that video that ended my career? Here I am. Yeah, come see me on stage. Thanks. Uh, free show with admission. Bring your elephant ears. Holy shit. Man. Tyler said, buy a cameo and ask Eric to say the R word for 30 seconds. I'm not going to do that, you Tyler, you know, you look all uh, nice and smart, uh, well, you know, uh, patiently enjoying the uh, uh, the adventure at the uh, Zaniac party and not really saying too much with your hot wife. And uh, but but really, you're 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 as much of a troublemaker as, as anybody else in this bunch. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I can see what you're up to. Absolute bullshit. Dirk says, Neil Rogers used to say asshole on the air back in the 90s. He could describe someone as an asshole, but he couldn't say, look at my asshole. It's all in context. Yes, you're right. 
and you can. And for some, um, that's okay. It's a matter of nowadays they're just afraid of like sponsorships. You you can say you can say that now. You can say he's an asshole. You can say uh, dick, you know, but they don't because they're afraid of losing the sponsorships. All right. My God. So that's it. Those are my thoughts on the Carney rides. I uh, They should have just let it go. The asshole of the day is coming up. I think we know um, who it is. Uh, how can I word that, though? I'll need your suggestions. I got an idea. Uh, all right, Cameo. Do, hire me on Cameo, but not to say the R word. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Thank you. My sponsor for everything HVAC is A&E Heating and Cooling, installing the absolute number one rated brand of central air air conditioning units. Comfort maker. The comfort maker. The absolute best. The most expensive? No, because Joe's installing it. You will save money with A&E Heating and Cooling. Go ahead. Get a uh, a, um, estimate or two from anybody else in the West Michigan area. Make sure that Joe is last, and then compare. You'll be so happy with A&E Heating and Cooling. Online at aeheatingcooling.net. Call or text 616-516-8579. Uh, it should be serviced once a year, your air conditioner, so should your furnace setup. And if you get in the weeds, an after-hour service call might be in your future. If it's just too hot, Saturday night, oh, my God, Joe will come out. Yes, it's going to cost you more. That's what an after-hour service. That's part of the experience. Get bet over the pinata with Joe Martinez, but he will help you out. After hours, 24 hours available, 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. Uh, Horizon Hydroponics. Order your supplies for your outdoor grows, whether it's fertilizer, whatever type of nutrients and soil you may need, and anything for your indoor soil grow or hydroponics grows. See, I'm learning all this stuff because of their expertise. At Horizon Hydroponics. Order from anywhere in the United States. HorizonHydroponics.com. And then when you're checking out coupon code Zancho, you'll save 10%. Whatever it is you need. Or you can just uh, order online and pick it up at one of their four locations, Alpine and Grand Rapids, Growers Outlet, Byron Center, or, of course, their um, stores in Kalamazoo and Lansing. They've got an event coming up. It's like one of these events that you, like, play Ultimate Frisbee or Frisbee Golf or Frolf. It is known as Grow Throw 2021. All right. If you are into Frisbee golf, the Grow Throw 2021 is for you. Two rounds, custom disc, big prizes. Um, let's see. And a whole lot more July 31st. More information at horizonhydroponics.com. 30 bucks to get in. And he's got a bunch of sponsors that are part of this event, Grow Throw 2021. And it says uh, Big Fatty Lunch. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. And uh, all these different companies that uh, John from Horizon Hydroponics works with, the Zen Products, Detroit Nutrient Company, um, 
fish shit, which is a product you put and you mix it in a bucket and you put it in the soil and all of a sudden you've got gigantic plants. Pheno hut. Okay. Lots of peace signs on this. Okay. Uh, they're all going to be there with samples for you to uh, check out, to uh, add to your supply and maybe um, utilize. Grow Throw 2021 happens July 31st. You can sign up at Horizon hydroponics.com you can even get a t-shirt for the event when you sign up saturday july 30 uh 31st 2021 earl w brewer park in grand rapids michigan two rounds random doubles every registrant receives the t-shirt and the custom disc lunch will be provided it says ctps lps and ace pool i don't know what the hell that is no cashless pre-registration. Store-wide sale at the Growers Outlet. Grow Bash, 30% off store-wide in celebration of the Grow Throw. Vendors, snacks, raffles, swag, and sales galore at the store all day Saturday. Spread the word and let's grow the sport. Thank you, Horizon Hydroponics. You need more info? HorizonHydroponics.com. And last, but certainly not least, before your asshole of the day, Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid 616-532-6600. That is, I forgot one, Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV, for goodness sake. Um, Servicing domestic, Asian, and European models for all of West Michigan. Everybody has something in common. Your vehicle is going to screw up on you, whether it's a newer car, an older car, an in-between car, What are you going to do? If you support this show and you are in the area, you need to take it to Irvine's and you need to let them know that you're a listener of this show. This is how this podcast stays free. And this applies to all of the sponsors. So if you had someone who was servicing your car and you're not really that, uh, you know, uh, stuck with them, please consider trying Irvine's Auto Repair and Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Irvines.com. That's E R V I N E S.com. Reach out to them at 616 532 6600. Tio says, Asshole of the day, Connor McGregor. Maybe on another day. Jason writes, Disc golf is a game for dirty fucking hippies. I want the cake Tim brought. It's in your fridge. I can come over and finish drinking the Coors Light. No, stay away. Uh, my, my, my Sarah mouth meter is still full, okay? It's going to take about three months of not hearing you talk to be able to bring you back. So stay the fuck away. I'm eating the cake. Like, that's me. No, shut up. Next time, bring your better half, Brad, so him and I can, uh, him and I uh, together can tell you to shut the fuck up. All right. I can be quiet and eat cake. 
and wash it down with Coors Light. No, you can have the Coors Light. We have a lot of beer here. Replying to Jason Adams says, disc golf is fun. Nice when you have the different weighted ones, though. Don't be a memard. Take your car to Irvine's. <laughs> Stop it. I'll come fill the Oriole fe- feeders. Brad's quiet. I don't, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to hear about Brad being shy. You know why he's quiet? It's because you don't shut up. Bring him to my house and he won't be quiet. Dean wants to reference a stupid cake that he brought with Pooh Bear on it. Yeah, we, we okay, stupid, okay, did Pooh like the cake? Yes, yeah, she ate your dumb cake. Shut up. Zeke's foster parents, uh, specifically the mom that, the foster mom that hurt him, is the asshole of the day. And uh, perpetually never an asshole of the day is Tim. And uh, Tim and Chris are saints of a lifetime for blessing Zeke with a wonderful family. Uh, Zeke's foster parent, asshole of the day. Um, um, and by this day forward, forever and ever and ever, will always be asshole of the day for harming a child. My God. Holy crap. We covered so much ground today. Oh, an hour plus, about an hour 25 for that party. Oh. We didn't even really get into how amazing the food was. I was great. I made, I worked so hard on that. I was, I didn't even have any shish kebab. I did not have a bit of the food. I had a little bit of the spaghetti with just the sauce. That's all I had. The cook does not eat or just eats last. I ate last. I was just so worried about everybody not eating. Uh, And my God, uh, so much food left over. People went home with bags of shrimp and chicken and beef and vegetables. You stir fry it. Oh, such great leftovers. Oh, I felt so happy. I absolutely loved that party. You guys are so great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming out and being part of it. I got another podcaster who's going to join me on the show tomorrow. Hold on a second. What did John write? Okay. Uh, he wrote, John wrote, did you get it? Did you see the carnival ride in Traverse city? Oh crap. I'm dumb. I just got to the end of the freebie. No, you're not dumb. I, we just got to it. You know, that doesn't make you dumb. That was a great story. I wish they would have left the ride on. Um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, there is a podcast by the name of, think I, I think it's called someone needs to say it let me double check it's another podcast that you haven't heard of but i've made another friend in podcasting and this is so key towards um growing your podcast yeah this dude's podcast he's just an he's another everyday dude um unless i'm getting this wrong i i know for sure he has his podcast someone needs to say it but it doesn't look like he's podcasted recently. He did speak with Carl from Who Are These Podcasts, and they talked about your old pal Eric, but that was way back in December of last year. And according to what I see, uh, he interviewed Meltdown from The Riff. Um, from what I see, he podcasted last in April. So um, he was on who are these podcasts this week? And then he had reached out to me. He goes, Hey man, I want to be on your show. I want to be on your show. He's from Michigan. So, you know, there's a, there's a connection there. I think he's over near Flint. 
want to be on your show, want to be on your show. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Now, he goes by Soft. His name is Soft. Okay. Um, so you've got just a regular guy. His name on, the, on his podcast is Soft. His real name is Corey. And he says, I want to be on your show. So Soft is going to be on the show tomorrow for a segment at about 9. Thursday of this week. Uh, two of the comedians that are going to be appearing at Back Alley Comedy Club at, um, let's see, called the uh, Best, of Chica- Best of Chicago Comedy Show with Adam Burke featuring Aaron Putnam, Aaron Putnam at Rockford Lanes in Rockford at Friday, on Friday this week. I'd like to go to that show unless if I get called into work to drive limo. Uh, those guys are going to join me on Thursday on this show at 9 a.m. So uh, Adam Burke, along with Putnam and your old pal Eric, will be together on the show for a segment. Those are all things that are happening this week, in addition to Dear Meathead and uh, God knows what else other mischief we can get ourselves involved in. Okay. For links on any of the stuff I talked about, uh, please listen to the audio podcast and please subscribe to the audio podcast. Subscribe to it on more than one platform. We have gotten to a point in the last month where actually every person who, I can't stress this enough, who subscribes to the audio podcast. Let's say you've subscribed to my show on Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, um, uh, Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. That's six different platforms. If you subscribe to me on those six platforms, I am going to get 12 cents from you for the day. Okay? You're like, well, that just sounds pathetic. Well, that's okay because there's strength in numbers. Because here's how that works. That doesn't cost you anything. And for the 2000 that I get a day, that's $240 a day. So that's how Eric makes his money. It's like, well, wait, how do you get that? How does that work? Well, that's because there's what's called dynamic ad placement at the start of these shows. Come to the Home Depot and get a new fucking lawnmower. Rawr. And then you, you fucking hit the fast forward button if you want. I don't give a shit or listen to it. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Does not matter. As long as you're subscribed, I'm getting my two cents. Yes. And then in the middle of the podcast, you're going to hear, uh, uh, buckle up. It's the law in the state of Michigan. Or welcome to so-and-so bank. Those are all dynamic ad placements. So I'm very, very fortunate. That's new. I'm, uh, I, I earn cash that way. That's how I pay for surgeries for dogs. So that is a free, that is, that doesn't cost you anything and it makes me money. So if everybody did that, holy shit, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Cause not everybody wants to spend the five or 10 bucks on Patreon. And I get that. Some people are like, I just never listened to it or it sucks or whatever. doesn't matter. If you subscribe to the free podcast on an audio platform, I'm getting paid. Thank you. Okay? So I'm very, very proud of that. Thank you, Red Circle. Follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page, brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid. Share it and like it. YouTube, brought to you by mypolicyshop.com. 
Frank Jude Fuss bringing you YouTube. Search Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Bell notification. Thumbs up. Thank you. And of course, the um, live stream on Periscope brought to you by Blue Frost IT. That's on Twitter. BlueFrostIT.com. That's all I got for you, folks. I'm done. I'm done with this free podcast. I'm supposed to start the next one at 11 on Patreon. I'm not going to lie to you. I may be late because I have to let the puppies out and I have to pee and I'm hungry. So I might start it later than that. Okay. Maybe. Unless I get it done in time. I cannot wait to talk about this stupid space tourism thing. This is the dumbest thing in the world and everybody's glomming onto this shit. Ugh. Horrible. And they fucked it up too. Uh, I'll tell you all about it on Patreon. Okay. That's it. That's it, man. Clock it in at two hours and 35 minutes. All I need is this microphone and you. No problem. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Holy shit. Show the trophy on Patreon. You're right. I got a trophy over the weekend. Thank you to Lisa. I got a trophy. Thank you, folks. I'll show it to you then. Have a good one. Till next time. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.